Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about mind hacks to unlock your inner potential. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Karen Titan from Sweden. Karen is a multi-award winning coach, active in over 25 countries. She is also the author of Mind Hacking for Rebels, a practical guide to power and freedom. You can learn more about Karen and her book at her website, karentiden.se, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Karen. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is a privilege, and I would love to hear your story and why you do what you do. Oh, wow. That's a long story, but I will I will cut it short. So I was born into a dysfunctional family, very religious and my father was uh, quite narcissistic and my mother was very closed off. So, and I was a highly sensitive child. So it was not a very good combination. Hmm. So what happened was that I quite early realized that, that I had no one to turn to with my emotional, you know, with my feelings or my thoughts or anything. So I practically taught myself how to be extremely independent as a very small child. And it started already when I was two, three, four years old. I said no to hugs. I solved everything myself. I aced and everything. And, um, well, it led to be uh, that I became a very severe perfectionist. Mm. And in the beginning, that was okay when I become an adult because as a perfectionist, it was really good at work. Because my managers always told me that they could always rely on me for doing the, doing a good job, being on time, and do the best I could. But what I didn't realize that was that I didn't have the energy that was required to work 24-7. <laughs> so at one, at one point, I became very tired, almost burned out. Hmm. I used to say that I, I just stopped, you know, right at the cliff before I fall. So I understood that there is something that is not maybe healthy with the way I worked. So I started uh, to go in therapy and I made some kind of progress there, but I wasn't satisfied. I thought the progress was minimal and I still have a lot of fears and patterns and I was still very perfectionist and I was very... um yeah, what would you say? I had a very hard shell. Okay. I didn't let people in. Uh, I was a lone wolf. So I understood that I need some kind of therapy, but what am I going to do? What is the right therapy for me? So by accident, I found hypnosis. Hmm. And there I really learned that in order for me to change my thoughts about myself and the world to change my emotions, some old habits that I have and all kind of behavior and actions that I wasn't really satisfied with. In order for to change all that, I needed to access the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind runs about 95% of our day. And we're going to so talk about that because it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot. And I became very curious about 
how come that the subconscious mind is controlling so much of my day? I didn't know why. So I started to read a lot of books. I went to a lot of workshops. And I learned that the subconscious mind is kind of directing our lives out of two reasons. The first one is survival. So I refer to the download period when we are about up till around seven years old. We download everything we need to know, all the rules of the game of life. And that's because we want to feel safe. We want to feel loved. We want to feel connection. So we learn how we need to be in the world to be approved. So that's the survival mechanism. I really like the quote of, I think it was Aristotle that said that, give me a child before the age of seven, and I will give you the man. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, so really early on, he realized that around seven years old, we are extremely moldable. And we try to figure out how the world works and how to get approval. And those programs that get installed, sometimes we use them still when we are in our 30s or 40s or 50s, right? because they become, they become habits. Absolutely. And if you stop and think about that, isn't it kind mm-hmm. of scary that a, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old is running your finances? That a, a five, exactly. six, and seven-year-old is running your relationships? Because... Uh, because the five and six and seven year old is not the, the, the brightest. They don't have the whole picture. And so if we don't stop and recognize that that's what we're running on and make a conscious decision to upgrade and to change, then yeah, I mean, we have a, a six year old running our finances and maybe that's why we're not in a good place that we think we should be. So true. So that is often why we can see, sometimes we can say to our boss, or maybe not to our boss, but to our partner, that someone like our boss acted like a seven-year-old in a certain situation. It's because probably, yeah, at that moment, maybe uh, a program is running us that is from when we were about six or seven years old. And that's not very productive to do that. And the other thing is that why the subconscious is directing our day is due to saving energy. Mm. So if we were supposed to every day think about all the small things that we do automatically, our brain would just explode. So the subconscious is making it easy by making all these chores, all these tasks we are doing regularly at a regular basis, it's doing it automatically. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Because it saves energy and time. The problem is that it automates everything. So it also automates negative behavior, negative thoughts, or negative emotions, how we act and how we meet certain people, how we react in certain situations. Those kind of reactions are also automated to save energy. And that's why sometimes it feels so hard that we know how we should act in a certain situation with a certain person, but still we have another kind of reaction that we don't recognize. So we say, oh, no, now I reacted like this again for the third time, for the 10th time. 
It's just that it's automated to save time and energy. Uh, so sometimes it can feels really, really hard to, to break those patterns. So I became very, very intrigued in learning as much as I could about the subconscious mind and start working with it and just working and working. And today I work with over 3,000 clients one-on-one. So I've really learned how the subconscious mind works and it helps me to help people to create new habits or to understand that there is nothing wrong with them. It's only the program that is running them that is not updated. Ooh, so that's ooh, a good I thing. I like that distinction. There is nothing yeah. wrong with me. There is yeah. something wrong with the program, this automatic yeah. program that I am allowing to run. So yeah. as, as you continue, and I would love to learn a little bit more, some more insight about the subconscious and what it is. And then I would love some mind hacks. So say I'm in this place, there's nothing wrong with me but there's something wrong with the program that I'm running. How do I hack that and, and upgrade and make a make something that's going to serve me instead of keeping me stuck? Yeah. So first of all, it's just the, you know, the insight that there is nothing wrong with you. Because a lot of people come to me and they blame themselves heavily. They say that I'm a failure and I, I, I am very bad at doing this or that and I'm not good enough. So they have a very low self-esteem because mm-hmm. they talk very harshly to themselves. So just that insight that there is nothing wrong with you. It's just that the program that is running you is the wrong one and it's an old one. A lot of people can then take away a little bit of the self-blame and say, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. Whew, I can feel a little bit better about myself. It's a program and that we can fix. The other thing is to then you need to take ownership that there is a program that is running your life and that you need to make some conscious decisions and maybe work a little bit on the program to kind of reframe it or to hack it or to upgrade it, whatever you want to call it. So there is some work to do. So even if hypnosis can be extremely helpful and a very fast way to work, it's still that when you come home, you have to make a couple of new decisions about how to move in the world. Uh, maybe you have to train yourself in meetings to, you know, raise your hand and say something, even if it feels a bit uncomfortable. So I always tell people that it's a combination of understanding that it's a program running you, to own that there is a program, I can change it, I have to do something about it, maybe go to a coach or a therapist to research a little bit about it. Where did it start? Why did it start? Did it serve a purpose when this old program was installed? Because often um, when the program was installed that we think is stopping us now as a grown-up when it was installed when we were young kid it had a purpose so kind of not being very harsh to yourself but saying okay that program back then when I was five years old it had a purpose but today it's not very productive so I will take ownership and then start to kind of putting yourself out there Because being successful, it's a little bit about daring to be uncomfortable. Mm. 
So I used to say that if you want to create what you want, you need to be willing to experience the opposite. So when you are learning something new, you need to be willing to feel a little bit dumb or, you know, confused or don't know anything about the thing you are learning. And while it will make you smarter over time, but initially you must be willing to feel that you are not smart because, you know, you meet the knowledge for the first time. Um, And same thing if you're exercising. If you are want to be stronger, you have to also be willing to feel weak. You go to the gym and you feel weak. You can't do certain weights. It feels heavy, but you're trying your best and you're doing, and then you become stronger. The same thing with setting boundaries. Um, If you train yourself to put up some boundaries, some healthy boundaries, you're going to be feeling a little bit alone in the beginning until you create healthy relationships. So daring to be a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) it's something you can't avoid. So some people come to me uh, for coaching or hypnosis and they say, could you just take away the fear or me not feeling good enough or that I'm just really bold and dare to raise my hand in a meeting? And I said, well, what I can do is that I can help you maybe 40, 50, 60, 70% on the way, but the rest, you know, being in the situation and daring to do it, that you have to practice yourself. It's apparently not a magic wand, right? No, nothing is. (laughs) No, it works within what is uh, reality. I mean, it works within our conscious, our subconscious. It works within the programs that are part of our, of our bodies, a part of our minds. And that's, that's a limitation, you know, and I was interested as you were talking about this daring to be uncomfortable, daring to be brave, daring to feel not smart or alone or these things. And then at the beginning, you mentioned about perfectionism and how, when we, when we have this idea of perfectionism, a lot of it is, I don't ever want to feel like I am not smart, that I'm not in control, that I'm not anything. And that's a hard thing to be able to let that go a little bit and say, no, I am striving for excellence. And some people are very proud of themselves for saying, oh yes, I'm a perfectionist and that's why I do this and this. And they wear it as a badge of honor. Like, isn't that wonderful that I try to do a good job in everything that I do? And to me, A perfectionist is not the same thing as someone who's striving for excellence, who wants to do well in everything that they perform. To me, perfectionism is someone who sees things in black and white, someone who thinks I am a success, and if I'm not a success, then I'm a failure. And it's someone who thinks that perfection is a place, like if I reach this little circle of perfection and I stand in this circle... I don't ever want to step out of the circle because then I won't be in perfection anymore. And it inhibits our growth and it inhibits us being able to develop. And so to me, the name of perfection and perfectionism, I don't accept that as a badge of honor or something that we should be wanting to be. I would much prefer 
to be a little bit vulnerable and to be striving for perfection. And I love that you bring up the importance that that involves a process. And part of that process is being brave and being uncomfortable. And I think there's a lot of people listening who are not going to like that at all because they want a magic wand. Yeah. And I I totally get that because sometimes I'm a human being too. And (laughs) I I strive to make some changes sometimes too. And like you said, I can also feel that it's not comfortable to do certain things. But I know that I can't wait for the motivation to come. I can't, I can't wait for the self-confidence to be there. So I have to start because often like motivation or bravery or confidence, it's a result of you starting. Because when you start and you, you feel that you're progressing and you, you grow, you start to feel confident that, well, oh, maybe I can do this. And when you start doing something, you become braver because every time you do it, you train yourself to do it. And with the motivation, it's um, for me, a lot of clients also ask, could you help me with my motivation? Because I don't have the motivation to, to go through these uncomfortable things. And I said, well, you can't wait for motivation. Sometimes we are lucky and we do feel motivated to do things because we love them and we are excited to do them and we are passionate about them. But, you know, some things will also be a little bit uncomfortable when we start to do them. So I tend to say that you, our research have shown that you have about five seconds, four or five seconds when you make a decision before your brain or your subconscious mind is starting to say, no, not today, maybe another day. So you hesitate. So I, I usually take this very easy example. You have promised yourself that you will take a 30-minute walk every day. And you come home from work and you look out the window and you see it's windy, it's rainy, it's dark, and you don't want to go out. That's typical Sweden in the wintertime. And then you have about four or five seconds before the brain or the subconscious mind is telling you, no, I think the sofa looks nicer. We can do it tomorrow. (laughs) I'm just going to check my emails. I'm going to empty my dishwasher before I go out. And then suddenly three hours have passed and now it's too late. Do you want to go to bed? So I used to say that the most important is to be the fastest fastest gunman in town. So be really, really fast. But don't give the subconscious any space to say that not today. Uh, I, I don't want to do this. It's hard. Uh, I'm not motivated. Because then you will just sit down and do nothing. Because also the brain, you know, with all its habits, the subconscious mind, it's about comfort. So it's easier to choose to sit in the sofa than maybe walking out in the rain and walk for 30 minutes. So never ever give that space to your subconscious mind to kind of take over and say no. 
So just get started. Just start. Yeah. There's a little hack that Mel Robbins talks about. She calls it the five second rule where she counts down yeah. five, four, three, two, one, go. And so during yeah. that five seconds where your brain might be thinking, ooh, let's come up with some reasons why I shouldn't do it. Instead of giving yeah. it that space, you say five, four, three, two, one, go. And then and then you just do it. And then your subconscious is like, wait, wait, but I didn't get all my arguments in. And it's like, yes. I'm already walking and it's going to be yeah. fine. <laughs> and so yeah. I love that. I love that when there's just that little bit of trick to help push me over the edge. You talked at the beginning about how you were up at the edge before burnout. And I'm glad you didn't go down that thing. But yeah, sometimes when there's a decision of, of any kind of action and we're just like, uh, 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 and sometimes you just have to just go. Just start, just start. Yeah. And after yeah. you've taken that first step, the second one's not so hard. Yeah. And I, I, I really like, you know, when we're talking about the word passion, we say sometimes that, oh, well, it's so easy for me to, to do this I'm doing because I'm passionate about it. Mm. But what we don't really understand is that the word passion means the willingness to suffer to do what you love. So even passion, it's not always easy and happiness and, you know, just smooth riding. Passion actually comes from the word suffer. Yeah. So it means that you are willing to suffer some things, maybe your time or sometimes you're not motivated, but you will still do it. And that's why they say that sometimes people are very successful. They're really passionate about what they do. Absolutely. But they're also willing to suffer a little bit to do it. You know, wake up early in the morning. If you're an athlete, you have to go out, run in the rain. <laughs> uh, if you work at uh, your office, you have to maybe work late hours and everything. So I think about that when I think about I'm passionate about what I do, helping people. And I do it even sometimes if it's an evening or it's a Saturday or it's sometimes I would like to do something else and I do it because you have to refill with your, you know, things that makes you happy as well privately. But also I think about passion that sometimes it's a little bit suffering and then it makes okay for me to see that it's not going to be smooth sailing all the time. There's nothing wrong if something is a little bit hard to you sometimes. So to me, it sounds like you're saying it's not necessarily easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it's it matters it. to you. Yeah. It is your why. And there yeah. is a saying from um, Viktor Frankl who wrote the, um, uh, exactly. his book where he talks about you can do with any how if you have a why. If we have a yeah. why, if we have a reason, a purpose, then other things seem to fall into place. Now, yeah. I would love, you've talked a little bit about hypnosis, which is something I'm not super familiar with. And you've mentioned mm -hmm. some of the limitations so I would love to be able to understand kind of what can it do and what can't it do a little bit. In what situations would it be helpful and beneficial? Yeah. Okay. So hypnosis is just very easily explained. It's a way of slowing down the brain waves. And when we slow down the brain waves, our brain tends to be more creative and uh, solution oriented. So, and, and open to implementing new ideas. So, okay, I want to work with people in that state where their brains are more open to finding new ways and to, to be creative, find solutions and 
and planting new ideas about themselves and the world. So it's uh, it's kind of a trance. Yeah, you could call it a bit of a trance where where you where the, where the brain is really trying to learn new ways to function. So I really love that. So it will work with people who are open for it when they say, I want to, to change. They don't need to believe in hypnosis. For me, I can work with them anyway. It doesn't matter. But the only thing I need that is that they want to change in some way. They want to grow and they're willing to try things. So then I can work with basically anyone. So I had uh, so many clients and I think it's just a handful over these 12 years that wouldn't go into hypnosis. They had a little bit too much control. Mm. Uh, but other people, it's, it's fine because if you make them feel safe and they can see the benefits of them and see that, oh, I can more easily change patterns, they're willing to do it. But the willingness, Is that's required. the key. Okay, That's the key. So then I can work with everything from lack of self-confidence and self-esteem to anxiety, depression. Um, yeah, just, you know, looking for the goals in life, learning who you are and what you want to do in life. So it can give you clarity about what is important for me in life, can boost a little bit of motivation, a little bit of courage to help people to find new ways, better ways in life, maybe leave bad relationships or a workplace that's not functioning and get clarity about what is the problem here, what am, am I contributing to it, what can I do to change it, or should I just leave? So both the clarity and kind of the boost they need to start moving forward. Okay. So that's what it can do, but then you still have yeah. to take the steps and move, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's yeah. important to know that it's not a magic wand, that it's working with you and helping. It sounds like it's helping to, uh, at the beginning, you talked a little bit about kind of having a hard outer shell. And to me, sometimes I think our conscious or even our subconscious is, is like a shell where we have ideas and thoughts of this is the way things are. It's the way yeah. things are because it's what I'm used to. And it seems yeah. like this is a tool to help kind of uh, get below that shell and into yeah. maybe some part of us that's more willing, more willing to yeah. listen, more willing to adapt or willing to grow or change. And then after we can get that idea in that part that's willing, then that can grow and, and manifest yeah. past those um kind of hardened, solidified ideas that we have. So is that kind of close? Yeah, yeah, that was a really good summary, kind of changing uh, what we think is the truth mm -hmm. uh, about ourselves and our possibilities and how the, world, how the world is. So I can give you just a, a small, short example. I was working a couple of months ago with a woman, and she said that she had very hard with boundaries, that she allowed people to you know, over step her. over her mm -hmm. boundaries. Gotcha. And she didn't know how to stop. She said, I can't. I know up here in my mind, I know that I need to have boundaries. But when people approach me, uh, I forget about the boundaries or I don't dare to claim them. So I don't know what to do. And I work with a therapist for many years and we still haven't found a solution. Mm -hmm. 
So I kind of guided her a little bit deeper, allowing her brain waves and her nervous system to get a little bit more relaxed. And we moved back in time and we found that when she was about three years old, around there, she got a picture of herself um, that she was sitting at the dinner table. And she was sitting in a little bit of a children's chair, you know, a little bit higher. And her mother was feeding her. And she felt that she was full. She didn't want anymore. She, she, she was just about three years old and she started, you know, to move her head around. She didn't want to have more food. And her mother was pushing it like, yeah, you have to eat more. One spoon, one more spoon. That was the first beginning someone crossed her boundaries. Mm. And that's such an innocent scenario. I mean, every parent has done that where you've had a kid who won't finish their dinners, like, come on, three more bites. And isn't it interesting how what is taking place uh, outside and what is taking place in our mind, our interpretation of what is going on, they can uh, match or they can not match. And we can create a whole uh, kind of alternate reality in our mind about the way things are and the way things are supposed to be. And it makes perfect sense to us because we have what in our perception is rock solid evidence. I was full and my mom made me keep eating. And so that means that I am not allowed to have a boundary. And it's crazy how we can solidify these stories into our mind at such an early age. How marvelous that you have some tools to be able to help um, break those cycles and to make those changes. That's wonderful. Now, is there anything you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? Yeah, I just wanted to say that instead of blaming yourself that um, you are doing something wrong and you are um, a failure, you're not good enough, ask yourself instead what happened to you that made you have a, a not very productive behavior. Because it's always a reason back here, often, like when you were younger, often, there is a reason why you started a behavior. So don't blame yourself. Ask yourself what happened, because there are clues to why you have this behavior that is not good for you today. But then when you get clarity about it, then you need to take ownership. So you can't just say that, oh, my parents did this or the grown up did that. So I am who I am and I, I can't change and it's their fault. You still have to take ownership and change it if you want to, of course. But think about what happened because there is always a good reason behind it. And I love that clarification that we're not looking for someone to blame or some situation to blame or ourselves to blame or our parents to blame. We're searching for answers. We're searching for the reason why. And once you find the reason why, then you have that, uh, the power to change, the power to to change and and kind of rewrite the story. But I think it's, I I appreciate that, that it very matters very much that we're not looking for reasons to blame ourselves or our parents or a situation because that, that can happen and people can get stuck in blaming instead of thinking, okay, now that we've found we found what the situation is, the, the seed of this little problem. Now yeah. we can redirect and change and write a new story. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Karen, thank you so much for your insight and wisdom you share today. You're amazing. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you.
In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Augustus Napier. He said, The greatest impediments to changes in our traditional roles seem to lie not in the visible world of conscious intent, but in the murky realm of the unconscious mind. Today, I invite you to let your conscious mind help you unlock your inner potential. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.